0: Inverse Genius 34, Fortnightly Genre
1: Wonders. In this episode, Bruce takes a look at The weekend. Isaac looks at Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Don talks about WandaVision and a sea shanty for some Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to Inverse Genius Fortnightly. I'm Bruce. You've probably heard my voice before. Uh, joining me on the show this week to talk about anything and everything, I have the the mean man of podcasting, or so I'm obligated to call him. One Mr. Donald Dennis.
0: Why, hello, everybody. It's hello. Uh, it's, it's great to be back. It's, it almost feels like we're on a schedule. which yeah, we're,
1: we're sure as hell trying, aren't we?
0: For an endeavor this young seems unlikely, but yeah, we'll give it a go.
1: Yeah, we'll fight it as long as we possibly can. <laughs> and then we're changing the third chair. Just so you know out there, folks, y- you never know what this is going to be. It could be two people. It could be three. I might be here. I might not. Donald could be here. Who knows? But the mm. third seat today is none other than one Mr. Isaac Shalev.
0: The dulcet tones.
2: Oh.
1: How, how are you? Long time. No talk. I know.
2: I like the idea that we would uh, have to at least talk once every two weeks, but now I realize that I'm going to be rotated out of this chair.
1: <laughs> uh, Isaac, if you want that chair permanently, you can have it. I'll get rotated out of my chair. It's <laughs> fine.
2: <laughs> you know, that still wouldn't help solve the problem of how often we talk.
1: No, that would not fix it in the slightest.
0: <laughs> well, the good news is is that we don't have to just talk about games. We get to talk about whatever we want, since this is uh, Inverse Genius... Fortnightly and not
2: on board games.
1: Yeah, it's our show. Gosh,
2: yeah, I ah. to not discuss games, which is very convenient given my recent game playing schedule. Oh, no kidding. Indeed, right there with you.
1: Indeed, although I have some stuff I'm excited about, but I'll talk about that on a, a show where we talk about uh, board games. Here we don't do that. So, d- is anybody super excited to jump up and talk about the first thing? Not you, Donald um and he would say hey why would you stop donald so donald is going to be talking about i'm just going to spoil it for everyone donald's going to be talking about wandavision so we're going to put him last so that if you don't want to be spoiled you can listen to all the cool stuff isaac and i have to talk about and then just stop the episode you're done
0: though though we're not going to be completely spoilery because that's not possible but yeah yeah, we're going to just in case you're totally spoiler averse i'll sit at the back of the podcast
1: Very good. Very good. So, Isaac, do you want to open it up or shall I?
2: Oh, I'd be happy to open it up. I have not done this before. I have not listened to an episode of this before. But as a brash and confident white man, I (laughs) will know how to do it just instinctively. No, go ahead. (laughs) okay.
1: (laughs) I was ready. I was like, what a heck of an intro. That is a real. see. you are just doing an awesome heel intro to make the crowd boo you. And I was like, that sounds great. Um,
0: so I was all in on that
1: <laughs> to show you how it works. So as you know out there, if you listen to the first episode, uh, thanks. Uh, we talk about anything we want to, we're not necessarily going to deep dive anything. It's just stuff we think is cool enough to get you interested and hope that you'll go check it out. And we'll just uh, tell you how excited we are about it. For me, I originally had a completely different topic and then I learned about the music videos of the weekend uh, for mm. his latest album, their latest album. So if you don't know who the weekend is, uh weekend is a pop star that is currently on the charts over the summer of 2020 had controlled the charts quite a while with uh, blinding lights, which was uh, his main song. Then uh, you might also know him from a song called, I can't feel my face. Um, a lot of people make comparisons in what the weekend has done to some of Michael Jackson's stuff. Uh, that no. is not to say that Michael, that, that uh, the weekend is, uh, co- quite at the power of his force that Michael Jackson was. And that's also not to say that Michael Jackson is a human being worthy of any amount of credit, but he was a hell of a musician.
0: So are you saying that the music was the same or the videos were the same? Cause I watched one of the videos that you showed and I thought cinematography, that was pretty, you know, amazing. It looked cool, but I, I was not excited by what I was hearing. I wasn't turned off. I was like, okay, that's a thing. I wouldn't be bothered by hearing more of it, but I didn't say, you know what? I have to hear more of.
1: So I would say some of his singles have had a ring where you hear it and you say, that sounds kind of like a Michael Jackson figure fired Mm. through the prism of whatever year it is. He's making the music, you know, fired through 2017. I can't feel my face. A song about cocaine. Um, Very much sounds like if Michael Jackson were to make a cocaine anthem, it would sound like that. It had kind of Mm -hmm. the hard bass groove that you would get in some of the stuff that Michael Jackson did in Off the Wall and in Thriller. Uh, So it had some of those feels. And I would say in kind of the the new stuff that I'm going to talk about uh, today with the videos, the videos definitely feel like someone, a marketing person and some video people in 2019 saying, we're going to see if we can do a Michael Jackson-esque concept in the modern era when no one cares about music videos and see if we can make it work. Um, So I would say a little of both. Although I certainly wouldn't say every song the weekend comes out with is worthy of that kind of praise or has that kind of groove to it, especially the new album. But just as a note, if you've heard of the weekend, that's probably why Um, he also did a song with Daft Punk. I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, And because this is fortnightly, I did not do a ton of extra research Um, but, uh, he did a song with Daft Punk that also did incredibly well and had that same kind of groove, kind of Michael Jackson groove, uh, funk feel to it.
0: Though as a fan of, okay, go, I really have to take offense at the, and nobody cares about music videos, but I guess they're the exception that proves the rule.
1: Yeah. And really they were like, we can prove to you that, uh, videos can be viral in 2007.
0: But, I mean, they're still releasing them, or they yes. were last year, and they were freaking amazing. Uh, but, yes, it's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about The Weeknd.
1: The Weeknd. So what The Weeknd has done is a brand new album has uh, come out called After Hours. And mm. it began with a small kind of mini advertisement just called Album title. Which was a big deal because The weekend for a long time was like, yeah, there's a new album coming and like years past, which now that's just so much time, especially if the year would have been 2020, because that was like 11 or 12 years right there. Mm-hmm. So um it came out and it was this weird, strange video where it looked like something had happened to him and he was sort of stumbling around and it revealed, oh, it's called uh, After Hours. And what you start to learn through all the advertising is that he's created a brand new character for himself that is supposed to represent like the weekend that exists after he's done being the superstar that you see. Uh, The cover of the album even has his entire face bloodied up and him smiling like the Joker uh, to kind of introduce you to what's going to happen.
0: Looking kind of rough.
1: Yeah. Looking very rough. And (laughs) uh, so much so. So here's where it really gets absurd is he puts out the f- the first video and you see that something crazy is happening. And then he puts out Blinding Lights, which was the big, like, super mega single. Such a super mega single, it was, quote, the song of WrestleMania. Like, they had done that crossover with the WWE. They wanted it everywhere. He does this strange video where he licks a frog. And uh, it's very, if you've ever seen the specifically the movie To Fearing Loathing in Las Vegas... Mm. Uh, it's a lot of stuff out of there. It's a lot of stuff out of Scorsese films. It's You start to see scenes kind of from King of Comedy and what you might think of that uh, Joker stole from King of Comedy. There's a lot of like him grinning up at a ceiling of light bulbs reflecting out of his glasses and just a lot of real weird stuff. And Blinding Lights is a song about being drunk and wanting to see like that person you want to touch. And that's what the whole song's about. And at the very end, he wrecks his car and you see him get out of the car, like covered in blood, kind of laughing at the city. And then he did appearances on Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel. The Jimmy Kimmel appearance is attached to the whole story. He shows up to the Jimmy Kimmel appearance with his nose bandaged uh like doing the song, we'll come to find out that's part of the storyline. He's supposed to have left what happened in Vegas, went down to uh Jimmy Kimmel, did the song off Jimmy Kimmel, and then kinda says goodbye to Jimmy Kimmel and the fans and then walks out into another movie where he continues to be this villain character he's trying to accept. To the point to where like his whole body gets ripped to the ground and pulled down the length of a subway station. That we do not know as viewers if this really happened, or he just feels like it's happening internally. We have no idea what's going on. Uh, what we do know is the final scene, he's in an elevator, and a couple gets in, the doors close. For the start of the next video, he has murdered one of the two people. Mm. Uh, and he's chasing, it's a, a man and a woman, he murders the man with a knife. We just kind of see like the dead guy and the blood on the knife and the woman's running from him. Understand these are pop music videos that are hooked together. And to link them in the middle, you had to watch a Jimmy Kimmel appearance to even figure out what's going on. Uh, He chases this woman in what I can only refer to as like a vaporwave nightmare. It's neon and gaudy and dark, but lit with neon, but also very dark Um, he's chasing her through a crowd by the time it's all over, she wins. And you ostensibly think as a person watching this, oh, cool. They did like a little mini movie and he ended up being a crazy person and the, the heroine won. And then... Uh, you find his, uh, they do another cartoon version. It's a cartoon video that explains what's going on in his mind. Did we need I- a
0: spoiler warning for your segment too? Cause I feel like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even know. Cause it's all, it's so weird that I, I don't know that this really exactly spoils anything because all the visuals through the whole thing are so strange. This running story keeps going. um, at one point he's like grabbed by what I can best refer to as like plastic surgery monsters.
2: Oh yeah. I get those all the time.
1: He, uh, I was going to say who
0: hasn't licked a frog, but yeah, <laughs> plastic surgery is more common. Sure. We'll go with um,
1: that. He, so like he, yeah, he gets picked up by two starlet plastic surgery monsters. And then you get to the end of that video. And then all of the appearances he does over the like um, late summer, early winter in the real world where we live, he shows up completely, his whole head bandaged up as if he had had so much so that he got questioned about it on the red carpet. And what he said is, OK, I'm fine, because the the all the makeup was so good. People thought that he had been hit with like a whole car. <laughs> um, And he had to say, well, look, here's what it is, because at this point, blinding lights had come out. The one I was telling you about where he gets in a car accident. And he yeah. said, look, that song very much glamorizes the idea of drunk driving. Mm -hmm. And I know that it did, and it's very irresponsible for me to have done that and not make some statement. So what this face makeup is for is to tell all of you the, the real dangers of living that lifestyle and that you should not live that lifestyle. And I feel like this is bold enough that it makes you ask me on the red carpet, and I want everyone to know that the real me, not the artist that made this song, but the real me inside wants you to know that's bad news, kids. You shouldn't do that. Uh, He does two appearances in this makeup at, I believe, the Billboard Music Awards and maybe the Grammys, but don't hold me to that. Uh, Oh, no, this is all part of the bit. This locks into the other videos to lead him to the most recent video he's done, where he's now, he takes the, the, all the bandages are gone, and now he's a creature. He looks like a mix of the Joker and also Lionel Richie. Huh. He's got like a big.
0: I'm not seeing the separation here, but okay.
1: It's very and it's like he's got a big permanent grin locked on him and he's got this like big if you've ever seen Lionel Richie, modern Lionel Richie, not old Lionel Richie from back in the day, but modern Lionel Richie has a head like the size of a pumpkin. He's a, got a giant head um, to the point to where if you look at the old hello video and you see that like sculpture, you're like, oh, that might have been real size. And I just didn't realize it because the shoulders were so big then. Hmm but he, he like looks like that and does this whole like very Joker-esque video of him dancing around and not understanding his humanity. And it's it's all a thing to behold. Uh, I can only give you my enthusiasm and tell you to go, go take an hour and go down this rabbit hole and see what he's done in the year 2020 to try to create a unifying theme through both an album, which I think is really not done much anymore. And also through a set of music videos, which I feel like a lot of people haven't attempted, especially in pop in a very long time.
0: Huh? Where can we watch it?
1: Uh, YouTube would honestly be the easiest place to do it is I would say, go to YouTube and put in uh, the weekend after hours video order because they're like, this is how ridiculous it is, And it's why I don't know if I can really spoil anything because people aren't even sure what order the videos are supposed to be watched in a couple of them, like very easily one dovetails into the next, like the Jimmy Kimmel appearance. The next video starts with him thanking Jimmy Kimmel and leaving the elevators close and then they open back up in the next scene. But a lot of the other ones, you can't even exactly tell what order you're supposed to watch them in. Is it over? So every time you think it's over, um, you know, when he is smiling in either L.A. or Vegas and bloody, you're like, oh, that's weird. That's over. And then you're like, oh, no, the Jimmy Kimmel thing went in. And you're like, oh, well, that elevator. Cl- oh, he killed a guy. Oh, OK. Well, this much be- Oh, he got beheaded. Oh, well, the beheading has to be the end. Mm. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if the- there are more songs on the album. I can tell you that. So I don't know if, you know, weird Joker him is the final version or if we're going to look through the world of Joker him and see what's going on. I'm just not sure, but I would say if any of this sounds remotely compelling to you, go down that rabbit hole for an hour and enjoy yourself.
2: Nice. Yeah. It has that sort of AR feel, you know, where, where you're not sure what reality is and what it isn't. And you don't, your mind starts putting patterns together and and you may think that there's stuff that's sort of meaningful in that video and then it never connects. And then you're like, just wait, you'll see it's in the next one or maybe it isn't uh, kind of disorienting.
0: Very- I also say you used a word that some of our listeners may not be familiar with. Reality. No, no, not you. But Bruce, way back. He said it oh. felt like vaporwave.
1: Oh, okay. So vaporwave, and it's really up to interpretation, but vaporwave essentially is sort of an art and music movement of the early 2000s, where it's it's looking at the 80s and 90s through this very weird filter. And I would say the filter is if all of 80s culture was all brightly neon colored. If everything was a uh, Miami Vice, it's a guy in a linen suit with an L model next to him. Both of them are high, driving a Lamborghini across Miami at night, but in neon to another model laying on another Lamborghini. Um, it is that point where like people that shouldn't have cool songs had cool songs. Like I don't think of Phil Collins as like a badass artist. But tell me in the air tonight, in the right filter, isn't a badass song. Uh sure. It's the, the same way I feel about, like, Kenny Loggins. Okay, not a real cool artist, but Danger Zone is amazing. And it's that kind of feeling is how I would best. It. It's all soaked in neon and cocaine. And it's just like, it's that Miami Vice kind of aesthetic through the 80s and 90s. So it pulls some things that are very, like... um. Uh, AOL, early AOL kind of stuff, but it's gotcha. all like hot pink. It's it's a v- very strange, but definitely like of a specific kind of Miami Vice lens of the 1980s, is how I would explain it. Mm-hmm. I buy it. So there you go. All right. Cool. So th- we're going to move I think along
0: we'll to- move along from yeah. uh, <sighs> cocaine soaked uh, violence to Isaac. Isaac, w- w- what have you got to talk about?
2: Oh, well, we're really going far afield on this one, aren't we? (laughs) Uh, Well, I uh, realized that I had been drifting away from listening to, to music, and I felt like I needed to come back. And I, for years and years, I was... Just someone who listened to music 24-7. I had music for falling asleep. I had music for waking up. I had music for every kind of task. I had a special mix that I would put on when I was doing math in Excel documents. It was my music (laughs) for math mix. Mm. So. Over the years and and with family and kids and all those things, uh, I had drifted away uh, somewhat and wanted to come back to it. And I'd done a, a mix for, for the pandemic. Uh, I'd put together, you know, my pandemic mix. And that really kind of brought me back because I realized that here I was putting on songs from the last 10 years. And I knew more songs from the last, you know the 10 years prior to that then 2010 to 2020 and I, I just i realized i was disconnected and so i said surely surely someone can guide me through this pop culture wilderness and provide a, a curriculum if you will for my reintroduction to music and so i decided to turn to rolling stones top 500 albums okay Ooh. now Initially, and my wife and I were talking about this, I thought, you know what would be great? A podcast that was like about the greatest albums of all time, and we would listen to one album a week and talk about it. Now, I know that the two of you are not mathy so much, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) but if we did this weekly with two weeks of vacation per year, it would take 10 years yep. to complete this podcast. And of course, it's, it's hard to catch up with yourself because during those 10 years, presumably other good albums would be released. So I, I, I saw the flaw <laughs> in <laughs> podcasting this. The good uh,
1: news is you would never, never need content.
2: I know! Well, this is this is the issue with podcasts, is that the easiest thing in the world to do is to talk about something when somebody gives you a topic. And the hardest thing to do is come up with a topic. So, I mean, perfect! You know, album 499 is uh, Shaka Khan's Ask Rufus. Have you heard Shaka Khan's Ask Rufus recently?
1: Recently? God, no.
2: God, no! But wouldn't you have... Twenty minutes of content on it. If you listen to it right now,
1: You're gosh darn right, I would probably Dar-
2: <laughs> darn straight. So this is this is what I'm doing. But I, instead of doing a podcast, I'm just telling people about it as though I was like a vegan or had gotten a COVID nineteen vaccine. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So but of course I. Uh, recognized that I would only be able to get through this if I did not work from the bottom up. Okay, <laughs> I would need to intersperse it. So, I actually, I, I made a, a Spotify playlist of uh, of the top uh, five mixed with the bottom five. Okay, so which is which is pretty uh, great, especially because uh, album number four ninety seven is uh, The Indestructible Beat of Soweto, uh, which is, and I, I, I'll read this out to you, please, the please. greatest album ever to be marketed under the heading World Music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have figured that had to go to something with Ladysmith Black Mombazo, but okay.
2: No, no, absolutely. This So oh. the, uh, you're 100% right. It's a compilation of South African pop. Oh, okay. And uh, including uh, a sweet track by Graceland collaborators, Lady, S- Lady Smith, Black Mombazo. There you go. And uh, just this is this is this is Rolling Stone in all of its you know just too muchery. Uh, <laughs> they describe this as sounds jarringly fresh today, and its badass joy needed no translation.
1: Huh. That's a bold statement.
2: It is bold. I'll tell you though, it mixes beautifully. I'm, you know, between that and Shakira's "Donde Estan Los Ladrones" uh, no, at four ninety six. Uh, okay. A fine, uh, a fine album, <laughs> and it sounds. I mean, I don't know. Are are you familiar with Suicide? Like the synth punk.
1: The concept or a group
2: the the, the, gr- <laughs> the group I think we d- we covered that in the previous segment
1: yeah well I was just checking because I mean you were looking for signs of life so I didn't want to like I wanted yeah, to yeah. understand that I knew the question I didn't want to you know, yeah, yeah yeah you're you're
2: right on the, the group and, and <laughs> their eponymous album uh, so. Which sounds absolutely nothing like the indestructible <laughs> beat of Out or Shakira or Shaka Khan or at, no, at number 500, by the way, holding it down, Arcade Fire's Funeral. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that one sticks out. <laughs> that well, one imagine. really sticks out uh, on, uh, on the mix. Uh, but what do you all think
1: is on top? <sighs> mm. so then i i have a i have a qualifying question i have to ask mm-hmm. did greatest hits make this or is it only straight albums
2: uh i don't know the answer to that but i have yet to encounter a greatest hits it, other than that particular um well, we yeah. were just uh talking about that 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 um the sweet how so something in the uh, top 10 i'm gonna say uh, is a beatles thing right just, so so if you're thinking like beatles greatest hits that's yeah. not that's not what we're looking for no
1: Huh. So let me think here. There's got to be some Hendrix experience up towards the top, right?
2: Oh, you, one would guess. I mean, yeah, we're looking for top five. Two. Okay. We're looking for top five, and, and Hendrix does not crack the top ten, huh. to be honest Ooh. with you. So you're going to have to keep digging. I
1: am super curious, because uh, the problem is my own inclinations are so pop-driven that it's hard for me to see too far past that because i of course would say you know you got to look at one of the michael jackson albums you know one of the three kind of power albums he had in the 80s and 90s
2: you would think so and yeah. i don't know if he was canceled out of this list or not no he wasn't he wasn't he's just outside the top 10
1: okay because I'd say if he were i certainly wouldn't be entirely shocked by that oh,
2: yeah wait. no that's fair that's Ooh, fair. i missed that i'm sorry well, no, we were looking for Michael Jackson, who does settle okay. in at number 12 with Thriller, but okay. I hadn't seen him earlier because I'd only looked at the top 10 uh, and, and wondered if maybe they had chosen to omit him uh, yeah. in light of his, you know, disastrous personal activities.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Is, is a James Brown thing up there?
2: No. No James Brown either.
1: What about Prince?
2: Ah, okay. Okay, so now we're starting to we're starting okay. to get somewhere. Prince uh w- w- which album would you imagine?
1: I would guess Purple Rain.
2: And that would be correct. So that yeah. is your first correct uh hit, but okay. it's only eighth overall. Wow. <laughs> only eighth overall. I mean, look, there 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 are some some Beatles in here that you're, you know, you've you've not guessed cuz it's it's certainly not the greatest hits, but there are other albums. I don't think you'd have any trouble settling in some of those. Um, but there are some non-beatles tracks that are really um, or, or albums that are really quite good. I actually think that the the, the top uh, four, okay. none of which are Beatles are uh, are all really worthy uh, okay. which I guess is not terribly surprising but at I'll save number one at number five mm-hmm. is the first appearance of the Beatles, which you know this is always a good one. What's your favorite Beatles album?
1: God, for me, it's probably it's going to end up being like Meet the Beatles.
2: Okay, I've, I've never left listened to
0: them as an album because I am yeah. a heretic. Ah, so.
2: disaster, disaster all around. So Abbey Road is uh, settled in at the at number five overall, uh, which I have no uh, objections to. I personally yep. like um, uh, Doctor Pepper uh, as my favorite, but <laughs> I mean, this is this is like asking asking you know what's your favorite ice cream?
1: Okay, uh, I lied. I
0: have listened to Doctor Pepper as an album, but. <laughs> I apologize, but I would not have put it <laughs> as my favorite Beatles experience as a whole. Yeah. But. I
1: liked bubblegum Beatles.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so, so Abby wrote at number five uh, coming up to number four is Stevie wonders in the key songs in the oh, key of life.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, that's uh, right.
2: 1976, you know, and, and I think that they're, um, they zoom in sort of on this period. I, I, I think they're absolutely right. Early to mid seventies, is the the harder rock and rolls? Is, yeah. uh, that's what I think.
1: That's that's very fair.
2: Uh, so at number three, we have Joni Mitchell's Blue. Mm. Huh, okay. And now again, the, I I love Joni Mitchell, but like when you put on a regular mix or whatever it might be, you're gonna get you know. Uh, uh, the 3 Joni Mitchell tracks everybody listens to you know what i mean you're <laughs> yep. you're not going to you're not going to hear the album no and then you listen to to the album you get all the tracks and you know you you hear the story of the album and and you kind of get this um i mean i wouldn't call this one quite a, a concept album or or um even like uh you know it's it's not like it's own mini musical but it's very cohesive in a okay. way that by the '90s, few albums were. By the '90s, it was you know track one, two, and three were your three singles, and yep. then tracks you know four through whatever was the other stuff.
1: It was the stuff you padded it so you could charge sixteen ninety nine for the CD.
2: One hundred percent. And yep. and Joni Mitchell's Blue is a full album, so really enjoyed that one. And then of course the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds at number two.
1: Oh, why did I not think of that?
2: I, I feel like this one is uh, it, I'm not surprised that it's here and it, it is super groovy. And I mean, mm-hmm. in its time, it was it was just an earthquake, but I think it's maybe a little high, to be honest. I don't think okay. it's the number two album of all time. I would have slotted in. One of the following two, which slipped out of the top five, okay. uh, um, number six was Nirvana's Nevermind.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And I see that as number two, but I sort of see it as the closing of a period. It sort of ended the 60s and 70s um because there was this thought after the eighties of maybe that's what you go back to, you know, When the eighties went off in that synth direction and that pop mm-hmm. direction and, you know, seventies to eighties disco. And there was almost, maybe, maybe you come back to the guitar driven rock, uh, the sixties and seventies. And, and then you get nevermind and you get this distortion sound and you get just, a a, a punk influence direction instead and, and spectacular. And, and I mean, I remember the first time that I heard the album and just thought, wow, there is something new in music. Mm-hmm. Um, but alternatively, I would have also accepted number seven Fleetwood Mac's Rumors.
1: I was going fi- to I figured that was about to be number one.
2: I love me some Fleetwood Mac. So, well, it couldn't possibly be number. I'm sure you've seen the, the joke onion headline that runs periodically uh, about the Grammys. No, right. So no, the, the, the headline goes true. Grammy award goes to, you know, some album, which is not better than Fleetwood Mac's rumors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. So, so yeah, so Rolling Stone, I think probably, uh, uh, subscribes to that position. <laughs> uh, but number one, and I think that this is both, um, a great song musically and also a great song uh, a, or a great, uh, pick and a great album musically and a great album for our times and for recognizing where all of our musical culture has come from. It's Marvin Gaye's what's going on.
1: Okay. Oh, that's another one I should have thought of. It's
2: just a ridiculously good album, but it's (laughs) also a deeply political album and it's also a a reclamation because Marvin Gaye was the Motown artist who actually got paid for his music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really is. I think the first, uh album maybe that we can all embrace and say this is what it should be like this is what it's you know this is how we want it to be we want black artists to be celebrated for making black music that everyone can listen to and learn from and make more music out of and uh just a spectacular piece of work so that's if you think about it i'm listening to marvin Gaye, beach boys (laughs) joni mitchell stevie wonder and the beatles Mixed with Arcade Fire, Chaka Khan, Suicide, <laughs> The Indestructible Beat of Soweto, right? Which is, again, that South yeah. African pop. And Shakira.
1: Huh. Hmm. That's got to take some... Sh- so then are you listening to them complete album at a time? Or is it a jumbled mix of all of these ten albums?
2: So I am listening to a jumbled mix of oh. these ten albums which is extremely entertaining. And then for some of these albums, I've gone back and said, okay, let me just listen to the album straight through yeah. because, you know, you do want to visit them again. I don't know that I needed to do that with with Shakira, but yeah. I, I certainly did it with, uh, with Marvin Gaye. Of course. You know, audio whiplash is what you're giving yourself. Yeah, no doubt. A, a little bit. I mean, there's something there's something beautiful about that fractured reality <laughs> that we're living through now and having that expressed in music. Um, but, but it may not, it may not hold up. Cause like, if you look at the next couple, I'm going to be listening to boys to men, the Ronettes okay. and Marvin Gaye again, Marvin Gaye this time at the bottom of the list. Okay. Um, and, and all that feels like it'll hold together. All right. Uh, you know, but then it'll be against Nirvana and Fleetwood Mac and Prince and, yeah. you know, Lauryn Hill. So, <laughs> so a real so how, quick question.
1: is the miseducation of Lauryn Hill?
2: It's a number 10, which I okay. think is is um kind of high, to be honest. I mean, I, I, it's a good album, but I would not have put it ahead of the Beatles revolver or Michael Jackson's thriller.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely. Yeah.
2: To I say nothing of the stones and exile on Main Street, but oh. but fine. So when do you think
0: albums became a thing instead of just it's a collection of songs put in an album that I mean when did that build up into an an actual deal or is I guess that's a deeper conversation but.
2: I think it was the Beatles that originated the the concept album but I'm not 100% I'm not, I'm not a musicologist or a musiconomist for that matter so <laughs> I I couldn't tell you for sure but I but I I feel like um uh, I feel like it was the Beatles who originated the, well, the and it's an unfair album sort of a story yeah. within an album.
0: This not being the whole purpose of the show, um, that, is, that is too deep a question for the fortnightly. So I, I apologize, <laughs> question withdrawn. Um,
2: uh, it's okay. I'm very comfortable with being wrong. I have learned to be comfortable <laughs> with the number of times that I am incorrect, uh, but also with being unprepared, which is uh, what I was today did you have a teenager now or something or is it just because you're married? I don't understand. But,
0: um, but, all right. So yeah, uh, I feel like I should have gone with my f- first choice, which was going to be sea shanties, but maybe we'll circle back around to that for, for my topic. I really want to talk about Wandavision right now. Well, it's hot and this episode will come out right after the third one has dropped. You, you um, got so, so
1: we're not going to know anything about that one. Y'all.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So episodes one and two. So first of all, I've seen, uh, some friends loving it some friends hating it what it is is it's the first marvel thing that we've had in a year and a half and so so that's a deal and it's a television series based on the characters Wanda and Vision and if you've watched any of the big marvel movies you know the fate of vision and uh, and how it sort of broke up uh, Wanda Maximov's uh, psyche at that point right we don't know exactly what happened afterwards but we know that bad things occurred and and uh, this is post all of that Uh, so Bruce, you've, you've also seen WandaVision and we're going to make, uh, Isaac ask us questions so that we can be somewhat clear for our listeners. But uh, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Um, so there's all kinds of things to talk about. And one is if you've seen the previews, I saw the previews and you see like, they're showing you kind of the tropes of television and of history and of fashion, uh, as you look at it, you see some of it's in black and white and some of it's in color and there appears to be a laugh track. And I was wholly convinced that was going to be a bit in the first three minutes of episode one that all the previews had been made from that and that then we were going to be in the real world and we are not. Mm-hmm. Um, And I love that about it. They are taking, they've done a good job of not only making things real Marvel-y, but also they're stealing the tropes Of Right now, because we're two episodes in, 50s and 60s sitcoms, and even with the powers that these characters have, which they fully have in this show when they choose to use them, they have still managed to make the tropes of 50s and 60s TV work, and that I love the most. Mm -hmm. So
0: I will say that I think that what they did is they sent out screening copies to... Uh, a bunch of people who review Marvel stuff and they got episodes one through three. So I would bet a hundred dollars and don't take me up on that place, but I would bet a hundred dollars that everything in the commercials is from those first three episodes.
1: Quite possibly.
0: Uh, now, a- and uh, you know, with commercials being what they are, uh, they've, they've given us some hints as to some of the other genres. There's some backyard play equipment that looks awfully familiar from TV shows I may have watched after school as a kid uh, when they were in syndication, and I have watched Movie Bob's a spoiler-free Wanda Vision review, um, and I would have to say that that just because it is such a different concept, and they're not trying to do well. I guess Marvel has always tr- tried to say you can tell any kind of story in the superhero genre because hey, look, we're doing a heist. Hey, we're doing a spy movie. Uh, we're doing a relationship thing. We're doing it's whatever a it cop is. Movie. Yeah. yeah, you've got all all of the genres in the world to pick from, and you can do a superhero thing. And now they're basically they've doubled down on it and said we're going to do Lynchian '50s sitcoms. Yes, uh, because it has that creepiness of something like uh, Twin Peaks, where you go something about this is just not right. But and the laugh tracks, oh my gosh, I found them so irritating that I realized oh, they're not telling us when to laugh. They're just telling us that something is wrong.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, they are definitely there to tell you that you're watching, that the reality they are in is a 1950s sitcom.
2: Right. Yeah. So this reminds me a lot of Legion. Is that a show that either of you watched?
0: I've not watched Legion. I I want to. And if it ever gets to Warner DC on HBO Max, I will, because it's a DC property.
2: uh, Legion is a Marvel Oh, is it? Uh, hero. Yeah. So I, I, there may be other Legions. I know nothing about DC other than Superman and Batman and Wonder yeah. Woman. So I'm not the guy. But Legion was a, a an X-Men uh, character. He's uh, right. in, within, within the comics universe. He's the son of Charles Xavier. And he uh, has multiple personalities in his head, each of which has different powers. Okay. And uh, he it, it never goes well. Legion Legion ends up not being an especially good guy in I've, in the comics. I've listened to an audiobook based on this character, and
0: he is um, it is amazingly cool.
2: Yeah, so okay. they there was a, a Netflix, I'm pretty sure it was a Netflix show mm-hmm. uh, called Legion that wasn't um, it wasn't super explicit about mutants and uh, it wasn't really like there were there were people with powers right there was no there was no ifs ands or buts about whether this is all real or not like they were clearly people with powers yeah but it was um yeah it was some version of that mutants in a school kind of story okay with was Legion being extraordinarily powerful but also being both um having mental powers And like astral projection-y kinds of powers and that sort of thing. As well as being, you know, certifiably insane. Okay. And it's it's sort of like the just because, you know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So with him, it's sort of like just because we can explain your insanity because of all the things that happened to you in your life or whatever doesn't mean also that you're not clinically insane. Okay. So even once you've sort of broken past all of that and now you should be okay, no, you're still an insane person. So in any case, anyone who has watched Legion and is now watching WandaVision, I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear any thoughts that you have because I haven't started WandaVision, but I'm about to. And Mm -hmm. for the two of you, if you haven't watched Legion, holy cow, if you like what you're talking about right now, have you got a show in you? It's phenomenal. It's
0: probably on Hulu if I had to guess. On well, um,
1: Netflix, it sounds like.
0: But I didn't see it on Netflix, but I'll look for it there. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll see because it was on Sci-Fi, and a lot of Sci-Fi stuff ends up on Netflix.
1: Fair.
2: Yeah, um, I think you know what it was. FX. It was FX. That's what it was on. Hmm. So it should be on Hulu.
0: Yep. Then it'll be a long time before I see it, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I think that it's a little awkward. Uh, we're back to Wandavision real yep. quick, and it is very stilted sort of awkward there's creepy stuff that's going on you get a couple of uh, in the first two episodes you get a period commercial in each one of them pay attention to those uh, and uh and you know there are reveals and things that happen in the show that, that just say all is not as it seems yes and uh you know that the like the second one opens with the I dream of genie song almost exactly but it feels more like more like bewitched. Uh,
1: let me ask you in those two shows.
2: Yeah. So it's let me ask more. you, uh, even before somebody might turn WandaVision on, <clears> what is the hook of these characters? Like, I know the hook of Spider Man. You know, he's a kid, he gets bitten by a spider. He's now got these powers. He's sort of a low level, street level kind of hero who has to deal with both the maturation of growing up and the maturation of becoming a superhero. Cool. And his uncle said something about power and responsibility, right? Batman got shot in, an, you know, his parents got shot in an alley. He'll take his vengeance. W- what's the hook yeah. of Wanda and Vision?
0: Vision is one of the early Mar- Marvel uh, robot becomes a real boy kind of things, you know? So he's okay. a robot dealing with being human or living in human stuff. And he's got all the superpowers to go with it going horribly wrong. Uh, um, vision uh, controls reality in ways that she does not even understand
2: um so there's your team i guess so 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 vision is a robot who is trying to figure out how to be a a real boy he's a pinocchio got it yep and wanda is she's a witch with powers she can't comprehend or control yes i mean Uh, she she thinks she can
1: Yeah, she thinks she can, and there are things going on she can't seem to quite figure out. She knows she's very powerful. She may not know how powerful. Um, If you're an X-Men person, um, I think you see some of this in Jean Grey occasionally, Mm -hmm. where you're like, she's real powerful. And then you see a thing at me, you're like, she didn't know she was that powerful. None of us knew she was. Um, that seems to be what they're doing with the Scarlet Witch here, which they can't call her the Scarlet Witch. Well, I guess they can now because the Scarlet Witch was owned by Fox, but Wanda Maximoff was owned by Disney. So <laughs> they could call her Wanda Maximoff and she could have the same powers as the Scarlet Witch. But we can't say that name.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And now I guess we can, but we don't.
0: And I think the bigger deal is is the, this is going to be the tie into what happens uh, between the infinity wars and what happens with the next dr strange movie so if you're a big fan of, of dr strange weirdness uh then this is sort of a hey i, I want to see what's going on and i really expect that wandavision is going to be one of those shows where you watch it through and you're sort of doing this area of exploration as you're going through each episode like oh okay this is cool this is neat and then once you've seen it all you go wait a minute i need to watch this again from the beginning. And if if you're not the person who's in for that slow burn, I don't, I, I don't think this show is for everyone. I really don't think that Disney went after this and Marvel has said, hey, we're going to make a show that's going to be for everyone because the first one was going to be uh, the Winter Soldier series. Uh, but um, I think they're taking a risk here and hopefully it pays off. And I think just for that, I'm all in.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say if you loved Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, read a preview about this. you know like because it it is definitely has a lot of what i kind of call and it's you're right you're correctly labeling as the lynchian thing kind of the black hole sun thing where like everything's not everything's not right (laughs) and but what i personally love is is the tropes they take from from tv series that old like i don't know what's going to happen someone's coming from work what did we we had a complete misunderstanding of what we're supposed to do for dinner tonight honey like all of that is here and it works i think but the whole time you're like, why is this even a thing? Why are we doing this? How could this have happened? What You know, like everything, you don't understand the situation at all, but because they've stolen 1950s uh, sitcom tropes, you also completely understand the surface situation, which is super cool.
0: And here's the thing. So a couple of stuff that I do not know from the show as a spoiler, but none of the stuff they're showing you feels like anything that the character Wanda Maximoff would know or feel it's like she is not going to be thoroughly ingrained in 1950s American television yep. because she's from a uh, Eastern European country. Right. I mean, and it's, it's not going to be, she's not going to have been raised on the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. Uh, and, and also um, there's just so much that is sort of outside of what's going on that you're like, this does not make any sense from any point of view until you put that the, Hey, there's a mystery that we're going to have to sort of, decipher as we go through, or that's gently revealed to you through, um, you know, cuts and whatnot.
2: Well, are, are the characters, uh, aware of their displacement in time and space, or do they feel native to, they think they're native,
0: but they do not feel native.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Got it. And I would say that Wanda has some idea that there is displacement because sometimes she does things where she clearly can see kind of beyond the matrix for a Mm. second. Right. And it's, you know, without spoiling too much, but there are times where you can clearly see she has some stack of powers and there is definitely a concept. And I don't think we're giving away too much where they're in this 1950s reality and they're just trying to fit in. Like that's kind of, it's a fish out of water story Mm -hmm. of, we have all these quirky powers, but also you better make sure you do work down at the workplace. And he's like, I guess I'll go do work at the workplace. It's yeah. sort of the best way. So like they, they I,
0: that they, is almost, yeah, yes, that's, that's the way. So I think we can stop there unless there's any other specific questions. Cause we're treading on the too much information. Yeah category. Just don't expect it to be super smooth flowing, like Marvel moves you along, moves you along, moves you along. This is definitely an exploration of something just not being quite right.
1: Yeah. Marvel wants you to watch it. Marvel wants you to notice they've done things like change the camera quality. They want you to notice that the music stingers are changed. They want you to notice that there's a laugh track. Like There's a lot of stuff where they want you to kind of pay more attention than they would want you to in, let's say, Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: And I would also say it's perfectly okay for you not to like it and then come back later, watch it, and then decide if you like it or not. Uh, Don't feel obligated, but it is weird and I'm entertained.
1: Yeah, I'm super into it. And like I said, for maybe not even the right reasons, but I'm super into it.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, I've got one real quick thing I want to talk about, and that is sea shanties. Because (laughs) by golly, I, I could be a hipster about this because you all finally... Internet have come around to the whole sea shanty thing, but I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna say, come on and enjoy your sea shanties however you want. And apparently, the Tiki Talk is the way to do that. Um, uh,
1: it does <laughs> appear to be. They got real hot on the Tiki Talk.
0: And so, uh, good on you. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, um, I inflicted sea shanties on my coworker the other day for a good hour and a half uh, until he says, okay, I get it. You know your sea shanties, and and we're done with that. So, not all of my sea shanty collection is work safe as one would expect from a bunch of pirates yeah so yeah um, i don't know have you all had the opportunity to dive into this or do you just not care
1: i wouldn't say dive i'm aware it exists because anytime you see a video of like two nineteen and 20 year old dudes in a car like and singing sea shanties you're like i just have to see what's going on-hmm and at the point, uh, the, the the set of videos—if you haven't seen them—the set of TikToks is sort of like, "What is this guy doing?" We need to take him off the aux cord. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess this is all right. Sea shanties are fire emoji.
0: Yes, it's like <laughs> initially the, the guy, the guy who's driving, who probably shouldn't be TikToking at the time while he's driving, but he's like, "What is this guy next to me doing?" And then by the end, they're all in. So, yeah. hooray!
1: So it's pretty great. I can't say like I've dove down the rabbit hole of sea shanties, but I am aware that much as in the nineties, for some reason, swing music was hot. And for 80 seconds, Gregorian chant was the top of the charts. Now we get sea shanties.
0: I'm feeling called out on all of these things, uh, but I will <laughs> say the best sea shanty thing that was in pointed at me was probably the British ukulele uh, orchestra doing a yes. uh, pinball wizard as a she- sea shanty. Nice. So there's a thing. How do you go?
2: Don't, I'm trying to remember what, what, when was that? Uh, was it the late 90s when it was um, uh, Irish folk music sort of took that spot of, hey, we're going to sort of tickle the public consciousness for just a minute and you'll know like two people who do this and one song. What was that? that? Lorena McKennett's The yep. Mummers Dance.
1: Yep. And it was that got real hot as the same time. Guy, what was the dance? River Dance?
2: River Dance. Yes. Michael Flatley. Yes.
0: I uh, see. I've been listening to this one, Shamrock, since the early 80s. So I, I feel just horribly abused by. Him. By both of you at this no, moment
1: no, we don't mean i say it with nothing but love but like the 90s were a weird time where any music genre could be just scorching lava magma hot for no more than six weeks
0: so here's my goal with the cc or my wish for the ccnt thing yeah is that it, it goes until september 19th and then just disappears off the <laughs> let's get it to talk like a pirate day call it good but
2: it you won't. see, and, and I was hoping that we would get versions of sea shanties from all of the previous kind of genre wonders. I mean, imagine like the the cherry poppin' daddies doing their own sea shanty.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be amazing!
0: They've got till September nineteenth to get that out.
2: They
0: got <laughs> nothing to do. So they might as well, right?
1: Uh, uh. Indeed, indeed. And with that, I say let's close this episode of Fortnightly. Uh, if you like what we're doing, if you have any questions, if you want to ask Isaac about the next 20 albums, <laughs> uh, there are all kinds of ways to do it. You can find us on all the social medias. What are all of our social medias, Donald? Because you know better than I. Well,
0: um, uh, just probably go find us at uh, Onboard Games on Twitter, uh, which we're trying to get changed over to Inverse Genius, but somebody has been camping on that and not doing anything with it for like eight years.
1: That's that's real terrible.
2: That's a real clear instruction yeah. <laughs> for all those folks who actually want to find us <laughs> at onboard games is the Twitter account run by Donald at kind fortress is the Twitter account run by me. And uh, Bruce, are you using your at Bruce co thinks for this?
1: At Bruce co thinks is fine.
2: Fine.
1: You can find us on
0: Facebook as Inverse genius as well.
1: Yep. And you can find us on the website at InverseGenius.com.
0: That's the ticket.
1: So there you go. I've been Bruce Vogue. Joining me on the show has been one Mr. Donald Dennis. Thank you. No, thank you. And also joining us for the first time on the show, Mr. Isaac Shalev.
2: Keep listening to lots of great music.
1: Please keep listening to lots of great music and keep listening to the show. We'll see you. uh, We'll hear you. We'll, we'll talk at you in about two weeks. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license.
1: Thank you.